0: category
1: is... Hola, Maris. Como esta?
0: Bien, you too?
1: Bien. Bien. I'm happy to be back home. Really? Oh. Yes. Um, I went on vacation. Um, My boyfriend and I, our birthdays are two days apart. Yeah, two days apart. So it was like one day between our birthday. Um, like res- ten like for... years. <laughs> Stop. Um, and so we went to Dominican
2: Mm-mm.
1: Yes. You know, she was one of the girls that was open on the um list of options that we could go to. So we had a nice little getaway. Yeah. How was your weekend?
0: Um, it was <laughs> good. Um, Okay, so before I get to my weekend recap, I do want to... I don't know, because I've been trying to, like, drop hints. Um, throughout the past year or so. Okay. Um, but I just am a little disappointed in kind of the way you've been, like, handling the whole pandemic situation. Oh, child. And, um, you know, just like... So, Backstory is that one of my friends got diagnosed with COVID uh, sorry last week. That. And... Yeah, and it's just, you know, even though we've been, like, super careful and, like, you know, people just haven't, um, you know, like, been going out or, like, seeing their parents and just making all these sacrifices. And I feel like, girl, you've been busting it open the entire time. Truly, I have not.
1: <laughs> but I sustained and maintain that position. Um, I'm, a fully well, vax- I'm a fully vaccinated person. I have been fully vaccinated for now over. I've been fully vaccinated since the beginning of February. So, according to the CDC, and I made this pl- plans for this trip after I became fully vaccinated, and the CDC changed their uh, information. If you are fully vaccinated American and you travel domestically, you don't even need to quarantine or get a Dominican Republic
0: is not domestic. Let me
1: finish this. But if it's international travel, they do require that you get a COVID test. I did test negative. I had to plunge that shit all the way up to my brain. And I'm still quarantining. As a fully vaccinated person, travel is permitted, and I have taken a lot of precautions. Of not seeing family
0: for months
1: on end, I am always wearing my mask. I'm social distancing when and where appropriate. But I hear what you're saying. I respect what you're saying, but we just we we have a difference of opinion.
0: But no, it's not a difference of opinion because I believe, like even since the beginning, like from day one, you were like on a mission to find a COVID boo and lock it down and you had what you were dating multiple people you were skip you know skipping out on quarantine you were objection always out and about and we've talked about it that on the podcast your <laughs> you're you know you're here you're there you're mixing households you're flying to florida you're doing this you, you were doing the most and i feel like a lot of people were making much much more significant sacrifices like um, haven't seen my parents, my mom in a year. haven't seen my family in a year, like my niece's birthday last year was the last time the family got together. Right And you know, every weekend you're you know and wow. it's okay, and I understand that you know <laughs> I understand that you're, that my friend contracting COVID has nothing to do with you, however. I just feel like you probably could have taken it a bit more seriously than you did or your actions, seriously. Your actions seriously. could have been a bit more cautious. And, you know, just in retrospect, you know, it's probably too late to say this because, yeah, you are fully vaccinated ahead of a lot of people who aren't. But, you know, maybe for the next pandemic, COVID-21 or 22, whenever it comes <laughs> around. I mean, I just feel like maybe take a bit more of a reflective look at your actions. And maybe I can mean, agree on it a bit differently.
1: And and that's your opinion and everyone's in tells their opinion. I just disagree. I feel like I've been very, very responsible. As responsible as I could to protect my physical health public but health the public I was just my wondering, family, the public health no because health. if you're out health. and
0: about if you're in mixing households if you're at this guy's house this day this guy's house next week you're going back to your family your your grandparents are of a certain age they're in the demographic where yeah they're very high risk so I didn't see my to me it was like seven months. what to me it was like well what would have to happen for you to reflect and say okay maybe i need to take a step back and maybe i need to handle things a bit differently because to me it just felt like you weren't
1: and but exactly and that goes to my point it's all relative right like you've locked yourself in the house and that's how you chose to handle it for me my mental health really began to wane and was it worth it for me to go walk in a park with a mask that's what I needed to do yes is it worth it for me to you know to be
0: on the dating apps getting you know going on this date and that date I was never going on dates. dates was it? I dated someone for
1: months before even meeting them because he was terrified of COVID. What I'm saying to you is this. I think that it's a different comfort level with everyone. I never had COVID. I never not contracted it once. I took lots of precautions. I, I thought that I was very safe, that as safe as I could be to protect myself, my family, and my community while also attending to my mental health and what I need as an individual to thrive. Personally, I feel like I've thrived in COVID. I think it's sad that lots of people have been losing loved ones and getting sick. But as soon as I had the opportunity to get the vaccine, I got it. I was able to get it through virtue of my job and the nature of the work that I do. And I felt like that was me doing my part in many ways to protect people. That shit was not easy. It was not cute. There is some, at least I had Moderna. There was some some symptoms that were not pleasant but that's what I needed to do. And that's how I felt like I could best help.
0: But damn the other nine months where you were just balls to the wall. I just feel like if you, if you realistically take a look back on the past year and all the things that you've done, just take an objective look at it and say, oh, maybe I could have done some things differently
1: objectively i think i did better than most of america
0: okay. honestly honestly okay. no it's okay um because was, <laughs> and this was not an attack on you i know you perceive it that it, way it, but it, it just off that way in no and I, I prefaced it with saying you know i know you're not the reason why my friend you know is having this series bout with COVID, but circumstantially or holistically, level, yeah what
1: you're saying But I think that there's, I think that it's also, there's, there have been many people that have been much, much more reckless than I have been. And that's no, I'm not not comparing it and that doesn't excuse it. But I think that I took all the necessary precautions that I needed to take to protect myself, my family, and my community. Um, Am I perfect? No. Were there things that I could have done differently? Sure. I mean... When COVID, I, I, my birthday was two weeks before the lockdown last year, right? So it's a good marker. I did not see anyone outside my household and the new person I was dating until Memorial Day weekend. Not Memorial Day weekend. I'm okay. lying. Until was that Labor Day weekend? Labor Day weekend.
0: <laughs> Child, come on now. What? Come on. We ain't got to lie on the podcast.
1: <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: Come on, you like Portia and Bolo. Like you ain't got to lie about it.
1: Oh, who is Bolo?
0: So uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm stripper watch Gate. That
1: but what I'm saying is is that, you know, I did the best that I thought I could do. Could I have changed the thing? Sure, but I, I stand by what I did. Cause you know, I don't to my knowledge, I've never had COVID. And again, it's not COVID. Is not something you get for being a bad person or being a bad person. The way this shit spreads is so unpredictable. Being
0: a bad person, but there were ways to mitigate your exposure, and you were maximizing that exposure. I don't think, but it was that's maximizing. okay. I, I think that's I okay.
1: You act like that's, you act like, like an anti-vaxer okay. or an anti-masker.
0: I'm saying you were doing some very high risk behaviors, and thank I mean, thankfully, no one in your circle your grandparents are fine, your mom is fine, your family is fine. You know, honestly,
1: I I feel very fortunate because I don't, I don't know a single person who's actually had COVID personally. I don't know anyone who's had it.
2: Um, Well, I,
0: I do. And I feel really Um,
1: bad. I'm sorry for that. And so
0: yeah, not just that, like my coworker had it, my. Um, sister, my sister-in-law lost two grandparents from it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, things are very, have been very present with that. And so that's why, yeah, a lot of my actions were to limit my exposure as much as possible. Not just for me, but for the sake of someone else contracting it. And so I took it very seriously. Uh... And so every time you were like, oh, I went here, I was at this restaurant, we went to this, I did this, and we went here and we did this, I was really like cringing because I was just like, okay, like, girl, hopefully no nothing happens. Thankfully, nothing did. But had it happened, then what would you have your, how you felt about that? And I think that's what kind of kept me from doing a lot of that stuff. Like, going out and you know being amongst people and doing all that, like it's just how would I feel if someone else, someone caught it based on exposure right. that I had
1: Terrible. and I'm um, myself
0: and there's lots of articles um about how people how they're the way they handle the um the pandemic and quarantining and the various levels of exposure that they're comfortable with and how that's affecting friendships and Mm -hmm. i feel like maybe if you would have read some of that that you know maybe you wouldn't have gone to that wedding or, or maybe you wouldn't have done some of these but that's in the past you're vaccinated so 10s for you but in the future maybe reconsider
1: all right. So how was your weekend?
0: Like anyway, my weekend was amazing. So we were celebrating our anniversary. Um, so four years went by really fast. And we did a lot in four years. But you know, it's good to kind of reflect on the past, you know, four years and it's was honestly it was like a bit scary for me because my um longest relationship has been three years like (laughs) my longest relationships i should say because both of them like maxed out right at three years and um so like almost every day once we hit the three-year mark last year i was like okay like just waiting for it like oh what's gonna happen is you know something bad because like that's my 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 framework reference i should say Mm -hmm. and so at some point i just had to be like all right you know let's just let me just you know bring it down, enjoy it and you know, here we are 4 years later. So, things were good. We um you know, spent time together, of course. We um you know, went on like some walks and then on um cuz I can't really remember like the actual day, so we kind of just celebrated the end of March. Uh-huh. Um and so we went to a lovely dinner at um, Alpen Rose in... Um, Did you eat outside? No. I rented out the restaurant for for a couple hours, and so it was only right. like the two of us in there. Cute. And it was... Um, you know, it's this tiny restaurant. It used to be like the Apple repair store, but now it's like this really fancy um, restaurant. And so, like, it was just good because it was just the two of us. Like, we were getting <laughs> waited on. You know, but basically in the entire restaurant they were giving us like free champagne and you know, just for ador- your door our doors and like um you know, everyone was just like happy anniversary. That's nice. <laughs> so like that was a moment. And um then we finally got to play our uh intimacy deck, which um shout out to the Crattellis over at Pod Um <laughs> Relationship Podcast. Because I got the idea from them. Um Around like Valentine's Day, they had one of their episodes, and they had this intimacy deck where you basically you know you pick a card and it has a question on it, mm-hmm. and you kind of talk about it it's supposed to facilitate um deep discussions um with your partner and so mine just never came. I guess they were back ordered for um around Valentine's Day, so it finally came, and um we were able to like you know have some some deep conversations and talk and enjoy some quality time so
2: oh that's sweet that's nice yeah yeah it's really good
1: yeah that's a good restaurant too i think we went there one year for your birthday right
0: yeah that was in 2019 yes um when they first opened and yeah. then you know they closed for uh, the, the coronavirus um lockdown but then they just opened up like a few weeks ago um again they must have got a ppp line
2: I think I think who, who are they owned by? I think they just have
0: like um, a big restaurant group that they're a part of. Yeah, it's the Mike Schulson. Yeah, Michael Schulson, so they, yeah. they, he probably got a loan, but they got monies. Based on
1: their prices, and they yeah. got monies. <laughs> like they were
0: trying to do the um the delivery and like the to-go, but you can't. It's like a fancy place. You can't yeah. get that steak to go. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah.
1: At all. Yeah. All right. Well what's let's get into what you're drinking. So what are you drinking this week?
0: So this week I am in my last week of my um uh my withco cocktails. And so this week I have the honey sour. And so it basically has um raw honey, has bee pollen, has lemon, um it's really, so it's really tangy. But like bee pollen kind of gives like a, it's like this flavor you can't really describe, but you can, you know it's in there. Um, but yeah, it's good. You can do it with whiskey, so like a whiskey sour, but I put vodka in mine because I didn't want to do the brown, whiskey. right? Sometimes. Yeah, I just didn't want to do it tonight, though. But, nice. Yep. What are you having?
1: I'm just having a margarita, keeping it very simple and festive and tequila like I like.
0: No mama, mama?
1: I don't like the mamawana. I didn't like it. It was very sweet. I mean, I really didn't like the Dominican
0: Republic as a country. I probably will never go back. I mean, you can't even drink the water down there. So right. Um, (laughs) Step up from Miami. You do need a passport, but right. But um, no, just having a margarita,
1: wishing I was in Mexico.
0: <laughs> you might be next week, but you don't care. <laughs> I know, child. <y'all. laughs> Shit, I'm, all,
1: I'm booking flights, guys. Mm-hmm. So let's hop into these categories for the week.
0: What is up first? So I mentioned it last week at the end of last week's episode about watching the Tina Turner documentary. So, mm-hmm. um, I was able to watch it. I actually watched it like three times. Because to me, it wow. was riveting. Like, really? I don't, yeah, like I, I mean, you, we grew up knowing about Tina, but we didn't know about Tina. Like, you knew the songs and you, you know, you knew the spiky, you know, lion's mane wig mm-hmm. and like she rolled her hair in firecrackers. Right. And mm-hmm. you knew it the is. legs because that was a big thing. I want, I want to say in like the 90s because she was like old, but she, remember the, the legs on um, pantyhose? No, you don't remember those. So no. you could buy them at like the grocery store or whatever. But it was like this pair of stockings or pantyhose and it came in like a like kind of like an egg-shaped carton. And I remember mm-hmm. she was like she had to be like 60 65 maybe. She was old, but she got like a contract <laughs> for the legs because mama has some nice legs. Mhm. Was she was old, and it was just like, dang like nobody believed she was that old. And then she had like these nice legs. She was all she would always wear the heels like on stage. So that's um kind of pretty much the extent of like what my frame of reference for Tina Turner was until the movie came out, and that was in like
1: '93. With mm-hmm. uh, Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's that's all I know of Tina Turner. It's quite crazy because when I think of Tina Turner, I think of Angela Bassett in what's love got to do with it
0: <laughs> yeah a lot of people right a lot of people do but um it was good because the way they shot it because I think when you see like they have that slow that Cameron is like slow panning through the house that they used to live in so like with her her um, the house she grew up in and then like the house she had with Ike and like it's just all kinds of state of disrepair and like the wallpaper's peeling off the wall, like the furniture's all broken, the pool's dirty, like the blinds are like all falling apart, and it was just like that slow pan of the camera, like through mm-hmm. the hallway, and then like the um they had like the audio from her interviews, and the performances they played like the whole performance with, and you just got like captivated by seeing her on stage, and it was just epic uh to me oh that's awesome
1: yeah yeah Yeah. i haven't had the chance to watch it um but i'm gonna watch it no i've been on vacation Uh, bitch (laughs) uh but yeah no i um will watch it but i've just been getting caught up with the um the chauvin trial which has been a mess but i i do plan on watching the the documentary i'm glad that everyone has had like a really good response to it because i am more interested in her you know
0: yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, it goes through the whole story. It talks about, you know, the breakup with Ike and then like what she had to do after, you know, afterwards where she's basically on her own. And,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: you know, just she was like performing in Vegas and like these shitty ass clubs. And, you know, it just goes back to the saying that, you know, black women don't always do what they want to do. They do what they have to do. And so right. she was a performer. She wanted to perform. And, you know, she essentially had to start over after all of that. Cause you know, in the movie, she's like, I don't want anything but my name. Cause she right. wanted to just give up all kinds of any kind of ties that, you know, Ike had on her and, um, and she didn't. So she's sitting there, um, in her present day home and her now husband, um, is like off camera. You can tell, cause she's like asking him questions every now and then, but, um, but you can tell she clearly has PSD, P- PTSD, wow um, sad. about everything and you could see like in the they had like interview footage and you know after the divorce um they just kept asking her like bringing it up bringing it up bringing up every interview she did and she would have like she would break into a hot flash she would just start sweating and she'd be like oh my god we gotta talk about this today we gotta talk oh, about wow. oh my god and she would just like you could just tell and she starts like fanning herself and she's says that um there's a couple points I'll just she does just seem like a sweaty lady though <laughs> she does
1: I don't know all the old performances I see of her she's always sweating but she do be That's dancing hot. and singing her yeah. ass off on of stage <laughs> right. like
0: yeah and so um just a couple points so she did say she wanted to um she did a, a people magazine interview in nineteen eighty one and she said that she thought that if she did the interview people would stop talking about Ike and stop You know, asking her the same questions about the abuse and everything. And then, you know, it it only got worse. And then she did she wrote the book, um, where's like a biography? I Tina. Um, she thought that would be okay if I just tell it all in the book, you have the book, then you'll just leave me alone and stop asking me the questions. And Mm -hmm. that just made it worse. And then the movie comes out, you know. And um, it just keep, kept, like, bringing the story back up. And, you know, at right. moments that she's really trying to, yeah, she's really trying to, like, just get over it. And it just re-traumatized her, like, every single time um, that, you know, something else came up. And so she um, was sitting at, like, the Venice Film Festival. She's sitting beside Angela Bassett. And they were like, what do you think of the movie, Tina? And she's like, I didn't watch it. And I'm like, I'm not going to, it's not, right, right. And they're like, well, I why not? I and she said, that. I lived it. Yeah, she's like, I lived it. And, you know, I don't want to go back to those moments. I, I you know, I've, I've lived through it. I got through it. You know, I survived it. And, you know, I, I don't want to go back to that place um, again. And so she, she does say one thing. She says, you know, people are just. Um, we're so caught up in the story and then she started, you know, getting so much fan mail from like women. Cause she was on the Oprah show mm-hmm. and Oprah um, said, we've got like 80,000 pieces of mail for you. You know, people want to tell their story and you know, how you inspired them. And she said, it's hard when the worst parts of your life is the inspiration for someone else's. And I was like, Oh, wow. That's hard. That's really deep. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah i mean it's it was it was good so you know like her solo album private dancer came out in 1984 Mm -hmm. um and everyone was like oh this this is your comeback album this is your big comeback because you know she hadn't gotten booked on like big things since you know her and i broke up whatever but right um she was 45 years old you know she said this isn't my this isn't a comeback album this is my debut like this is you know the first time she's really like gotten out there on her own Makes and it's been Makes such sense. a big you know splash on her own she won four grammys for it um record of the year um rock performance and then also pop performance which you know she really had like that crossover appeal and then she was also like selling out stadiums at 45 which you know these days nobody is really doing i mean it's a few girls
1: but yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, <laughs> Madonna still sells out of stadium, but what they did was well, admittedly very different. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, right. yeah. But <laughs> but it was good. Um, she did say that. Remember the the musical, um, Tina.
1: Yes, it starts so, that girl, Adrian. Um, I forget her last name, but yeah, yeah. It's because it started in London and now they were doing it. Mm -hmm. They opened up right in New York, right um, last year, this time, at the beginning of COVID. And I think
0: this documentary was supposed to come out at that time. Contemporaneous, right, right. Yeah, because um, you could tell, like, she was saying, you know, when when, um, this musical comes out and when the documentary comes out, she's like, this is my farewell. Oh, wow. Because I know she
1: went to the musical.
0: Yeah, she did go. She went with Oprah and um, her husband. Lovely, yeah. He's like a
1: Swiss
2: guy, right?
0: Yeah, his name is um something Bach. I think it's Edwin, maybe. Like the composer? Yeah, I don't know if they're related, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's been in. She lived in Switzerland for I want to say like over twenty years, and uh-huh. she gave up her U.S. citizenship, um, probably like seven eight years ago. Right. Yeah.
1: That's good. Definitely. She said, I ain't staying here. I mean, Mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, One thing that I did want to talk about that I feel like we totally missed, maybe it wasn't on my radar. Actually, I know that it wasn't on my radar because it's not meant for me, right? Um, I kind of aged out of this artist, Little Nas X. Did you? uh, I know that, like, Last week, there was a whole bunch of controversy about his new song, Montero, which is his name, like his actual birth name. Right. And so he released the song with this video. And basically, if you haven't seen the video, the video kind of starts off with like this whole Garden of Eden situation. And he's like strumming a guitar under a tree. Then this serpent comes and reveals himself as, it looked like an alien to me. But I guess it was a male alien, and if you listen to the lyrics of the songs, it's like he kisses the two boys kissing or doing something sexual. Then he gets put on trial by all like these like British-looking versions of himself, which is like him battling with him his own uh, reality in terms of his sexuality, and then they kind of banish him from heaven, if you will. And then as he's like ascending towards this like angel, uh, he then grabs a stripper pole and drops from the heavens into hell where he proceeds to give a lap dance to Satan, then snaps Satan's neck and puts on Satan's horns. Uh, this video is not for me. I realize that I'm just older. I'm not like in that demographic where they thing. push things towards you. Know, think, what do you think it is?
0: Uh, I just think it's a gimmick. And can't yeah. nobody tell me the lyrics of this song, what he's talking about, The beat, nothing. All I can say is he was giving the devil a (laughs) laugh.
1: It was absolutely done for shock value.
0: Um, Exactly. And to me,
1: it almost like the way that the makeup and everything that was done, it was almost like a parody. To me, it was like this has to be done for like a joke factor. It was just quite silly. And then it was kind of coupled with like this shoe release from Nike, which to me is yes, a lot more interesting trademark legal implications because his team totally fucked him over by buying 666 pairs of 97. Oh, black oh man. Yes. Well, 666 pairs of Nike, black Nike Air Maxes, and then altered them and like embroidered them with the numbers like one out of 666, two out of 666, and like sold them all. But it creates actually a really big legal question, which is actually already settled law. And his team is going to get fucked over by Nike because Nike has all the money and all the lawyers in the world.
0: Isn't um, Nike suing them?
1: Yeah, Nike's suing him uh, for that. So no bueno, no bueno. But this, this, the, the shoes allegedly had like one drop of human blood in like the the sole like, and like this like satanic star and all this other stuff he's totally doing mr shock value right and everyone's commentary online has been quite interesting and i I just want to know your take on it
0: i personally don't think this little boy is even gay really and i don't i don't (laughs) because he got um famous i guess with this um that country song the old Old town Town which i've never listened to and well, you're not a seven-year-old child. You're, okay. you're not, nor are you around seven-year-old children on like a weekly basis. <laughs> and I and so it was cute, I guess, and then it got a little bit popular, but then he kept like doing remixes, and like he would bring a new artist on, and then would get a little bit higher, then he'd bring another artist, then he'd get a little bit higher, then he would bring another artist, mm-hmm. and then we get another, a little bit higher, and then he finally got to number one and I guess, I think this was, like, after um, they had changed the rules, Billboard changed the rules, where technically it wasn't the original song. It was, like, all these different versions that they were, like, combining into one, and they were counting it as one. So it seemed like it charted, like, amazingly, which if you kind of dissected all the thousand different versions of it, it probably wasn't doing that hot. But, um Mm. He did beat Mariah's record for the longest number one single, but I'm like, girl, you was doing too many stunts and shows. And I feel like yeah. right when it was like about to like fall completely off, that's when he was like, "I'm gay." And then it was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, yes, Queen." And then it went back to number one, I think and then that's where it lasted just long enough to beat the record. It fell off immediately after, and then he was like, "Oh, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to take a hiatus from music." And now this is the next song that he's put out. I'm like, girl, okay. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like a lot of people are saying, like, oh, this
1: is so satanic. I'm not letting my kids listen to this. And to me, it's clearly just it's a stunt the stunt queen. He's established that. Um, but it's also it's like, let's not take this too seriously. And I also feel like there is some kind of like homophobia specifically. People within the black community, which we know is historically more of a um religious community or a community more tightly knit or affiliated with the church oftentimes, but it's like there's lots of artists that kind of have dibbled and dabbled in Satanism or these dark you know sides, either as their entire brand, like you know three Six Mafia or Bone Thunks and Harmony or there's like you know,
0: Marilyn Manson,
1: Marilyn Manson, but you know, black people really wasn't up oh, on problems. him. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like little girls knew S and when they were like 10, knew every word of S and M um, you know, people love D'Angelo voodoo. There's lots of things. And it's just like, okay, are we attacking him because he's gay? But I do think that there is some validity in some of the attacks, maybe because it is such a, it's done for the shock value. Yeah, there really was no artistry and it was kind of yeah, corny it's... And At the same time it's like I feel like he did this As a joke and people are missing that Like no one's in on the joke like he even posted online Like I'm so upset that I don't have An Illuminati conspiracy video on YouTube yet like I think he's kind of joking in like Yankee people's chain and people are kind of missing that Because they're caught up on the fact that he's Gay
2: Allegedly Right Allegedly
0: yeah, I just, whatever happened to talent, and yeah, I am too old for this, because I don't do all these gimmicks and all this mm-hmm. shit and all this, you know, he he did that for the video and, and not the song, because I feel like, I, honestly, I, I don't even know what the song is about. No, no one not, can say. Neither do I. I just know the. I just know that the chorus. Okay, I don't even know. That. Yeah, but no, nobody's like talking about the lyrics or what he's actually talking about. And it's just like, okay, girl, like, what, 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 what else is going on? Like,
2: mm. what next?
1: Yeah, I, I get you. I get you. Well, we shall see. Let's all stay tuned. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I won't. But right. the next category was, I guess, a bit closer to my age demographic. Did you see the Versus? Uh, I uh, didn't. <laughs> I
1: didn't. I wanted to because it was uh, Earth, Wind & Fire in the Isleys. Did you okay, watch like, it?
0: On, um, I watched a little bit on uh, social media today. Like, not, I didn't watch it on um, Sunday night. But I will say this. Versus uh, production value has gone up significantly. Has it? I'm sure yeah. the budget has. Yeah, cuz they had a whole stage. They had like you could tell they had like wardrobe money. They had mm-hmm. um they had like the audio was way better than it's been in the past. The lighting was good. They had like Steve Harvey came on there and it was actually pretty good.
1: Oh, oh yeah, I mean, I think that it's I love that they're branching out cuz when this first started, I felt like they were doing kind of artists that kind of catered more towards like you know kids that were maybe born in the night like in the 90s and artists that were hot in the early 2000s or even more current artists but i like that they t- they're taking it back the first like you know nod to that was Gladys Knight and um Patti LaBelle Kat. so i like mm-hmm. that they're keeping it multi-generational bringing lots of people in
0: you know yeah for sure cuz it was um it used to be who like rappers was the start of it yeah, and yeah. They so it started
1: of, off with rappers, yeah. Yeah.
0: Then they kind of panned panned out to like you know, soul and R and B and I wonder how many people uh, watched it. They didn't do the the numbers yet, but it was Easter Sunday, so you know the old people,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm glad. I, I I'm upset I missed it, but I'll go back and watch it. I have a lot of catching up on shows and shit to do. Yeah. What else is there on the list? Um, um. Oh, the SAG
0: Awards. Oh I did God. did you watch them? I didn't watch them. <laughs> I <laughs> no, definitely did not. I feel so uh, <laughs> But, you know, they did do the one hour televised, uh, uh pre-taped, I should say, um mm-hmm. show. Um their photography budget must they must have sent like a, people the same setups because a lot of people just had like the plain white background and um you know everybody looked good for the most part.
1: Okay. Was there yeah. any
0: um winners that stood out? Well, um, Chadwick, of course, is extending his um his run of wins. Then we had um, Viola Davis won for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, Shits Creek won for the comedy, um, but only Ca- uh, Catherine O'Hara won for the acting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Chicago 7 won Best, uh, uh,
2: Film. Right. And
0: those were, what, the major ones, I guess. Okay. Tavik Bozeman right? Yeah, Was of course. He, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he won, um, for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, so, you know, he's the shoe-in for the Oscar. The Oscar, yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, <sighs> I think that it's crazy. It's interesting because I felt like even before COVID, like award shows were kind of taking a dip or in ratings and, you know, they were not that interesting and people really were not here for them. I -hmm. really think that COVID obviously the format has had to change, which is either being socially distanced or doing it all over Zoom and using technology. I just, I wonder what the future holds for these events. I really don't think that they're going to live on like they used to. i mean i think they'll still happen, but I don't think they're going to be these huge televised productions and red carpets like they once were. um
0: uh, I don't know. A lot of people don't like the new format because they say that it you just kind of forget about everything else, like mm-hmm. you forget about, you know, cuz it's about the gowns and the fashion and, you know, the the speeches and it, it's kind of more like the whole, right. Just the whole thing, the whole moment, but they feel like disconnected with the awards. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, they won. Like, the ratings have to be like abysmal. Yeah. Yeah. Which they,
1: which they were before. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, they were <laughs> right. kind of declining before. So, like, really, no one really cares
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. But I appreciate it much more. Like, The SAG Awards. Keep it to an hour. Like We don't have to be doing all this shit. It doesn't need to be that Because nobody's watching anyway. Yes. Mm -mm -mm. All right. Well, I think that wraps
1: up our categories for the week, right? Is there anything else we got?
0: No, I think that's it.
1: All right. Let's hop to the next segment of the show. It's time for I Said What I Said. Who should go first? Go ahead. All right. So... My I said what I said. It's going to seem really petty, and you know, in the state of the world that we live in, there are so many more pressing and urgent um, issues or crises, such as climate change, racism, poverty, pandemics. Um, but I am a gay after all, and I noticed that there was this really petty thing going on in the internet around our first lady, Joe Biden, and some people are upset that she's wearing fishnets. <laughs> what? <laughs> she, uh, what?
0: what were they black?
1: They were black, but they weren't Ooh. like they were, and they weren't like sexy Beyonce fishnets. They was like oh, so. they had like this little, this little pattern. And she wore them with like a black skirt and like a cut off suede black booty Um, and they were like, you know, this is unbecoming of a first lady. You know, the the right was totally attacking her.
2: Oh come Meanwhile,
1: on! Like, girl, you have no room to attack her when. Melania had her puss and tits her out, for whole titties out. See. You know, like check yourself, you know. Uh don't be so hypocritical. And my problem is not that a first lady can't wear fishnets. Personally, I just think that, you know, Dr. Jill Biden is a woman of a certain age and the the, mm-hmm. the kind of fishnet she was wearing just didn't seem um sophisticated, if you will. You know, you're the first lady. And I'll say this. Um What was a nice distraction? It what seems somewhat frivolous and fun, especially when you have all these really hard, heavy things that are weighing down the world. Is I was a person who always loved first lady fashions. You know, the first first lady in my lifetime that really did that for me was Michelle Obama. I remember I used to be obsessed with Michelle Obama's fashions. There was always the blogs that would have like every single outfit that she would wear. She would wear H and M dress that John would sell out.
0: You know, I don't. But remember when people mm -hmm. wouldn't admit that she had a weave. Remember no, that was the debate. Yeah, that was the debate.
1: I don't remember that debate. I wasn't see, I wasn't too much of the hair gay I was very much just into the fashions. Uh-huh. No, but uh, oh, we know she wears a weave and that was definitely proven at this past inauguration. <laughs> it looked great though. But you know, even with Melania, can't stand her husband, can't stand her quite frankly. But the one thing I will say about Melania is she served the look. She gave us a fashion. It was controversial at times with that, that black-ass jacket, mm-hmm. you know, but she served a look. And, you know, Dr. Joe Biden is just maybe not the looks girl. I mean, she's not getting that. But I'm just saying, you know, it, in the first 100 days of her first ladyship, I have not really been impressed with the first lady fashions. I miss the first lady fashions. I don't know I don't, who's on her team. And I know it seems really petty, and it's so unimportant. Yeah. It's so ridiculous and frivolous to even say this. But it is somewhat unpopular to say. I'll, I, that's why it's a part of my said what I said. She's just not giving me what I need on the fashion front.
0: Well, I, I think wish she, I could see more. Well, she's kind of all over the place. Because I think she does give you like that bit of traditional where you have the matching coat and the matching... <laughs> dress and the matching shoes and the matching mm-hmm. bag and then now the matching mask like all her masks match her outfit which I enjoy she's, she's, like, it's she's still not on Nancy Pelosi level though she's <laughs> not but that's fine I mean you gotta you know Jill's like a Philly Burbs girl like she ain't gonna be you know <laughs> your runway girl and I just pulled up the picture like I think it's fine like she's giving yeah, you think- a, she's giving you something this little leather trim on the, on the dress yeah. The little pumps. all It's all black. She might be doing something later. You never know. Yeah, I mean, she might got something, you know, it's,
1: 50 it's shades little, darker going on it's just, it's just not my particular taste. It doesn't seem to be the most refined. That's all. It's the silliest I said what I said ever, probably. But I feel like it was somewhat unpopular to say. I know that it's ridiculous to even be discussing. But that's just how I feel. And I'm being honest with y'all. And I said, what I said, I just need more fashion
0: Joe. She is almost seventy years old. she's doing the best <laughs> she can with what she got <laughs> just saying all right,
1: what's your I said what I said for the week
0: um also frivolous my I said what I said is that uh your boy reg got reggae reg reggae. 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 Reggae Sean Paul <laughs> <laughs> Reggae uh, Jean Page. Hey, um, yes. I always want to say Pierre but um, announced the other day that he is not going to return for the second season of Bridgerton and the internet like blew up the other day and the internet's not going to return for the second season of Bridgerton <laughs> okay like, <laughs> uh, I just don't see how the story is gonna. Well, I know so each um is based on a, a series of eight books, and each book follows like one child and their quest for love. So technically, I guess mm-hmm. he's not like an integral part of the story. But girl, you can make a cameo. Like you getting too big for yourself. Did he you ever the... reveal
2: what the reasoning was, was?
0: it? He didn't say. Um, he. I don't think he said. Uh, He just was like, it's been the ride of my life. What ride? You was working for three months. Girl, it just started. (laughs) Okay. And, like, you hosted SNL one time and you think you don't need that Netflix check. Right. Girl. Okay. But, um, that aside, you know, let that man live. Like, I know people are all upset about, you know, him not coming back. And like you said, people just aren't gonna watch or whatever. But, you know, as a actor or creator, I guess he feels like you know, maybe it's the same as like uh, Kim Cattrall and she, and she, you know Kim Cattrall she gave us six seasons though I Well, mean, this is a true different. It's a little but, different I mean, how many premature ejaculation scenes and pull out scenes can Reggae <laughs> John do? That's true, because people I'm will like, start to
1: think that's actually him in real life
0: <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and maybe that was affecting his life off camera you know, Oh, you I never, doubt it I you doubt never know it. the backstory. you never know Lots um, of people will line up for that premature. I tell you, <laughs> two pumps. They, they,
1: they will gladly accept it. <laughs> uh,
0: you need to up your standards, girl. <laughs> but um, yeah, just let him live. Like he will be okay. He's definitely not going to be getting the roles he thinks he's going to get. So maybe he will come back for season three. But you never. Know. I wonder if it had to do with money. Like maybe he like he got too big for his britches and like wanted more than they were willing to pay.
1: Like I want to know that's the probably real what happened tea.
0: Like, That's what's probably the real tea? Because for the first season of a lot of things, you get paid a lot less than you know you're making four or five right. seasons down the road. So and this was but,
1: Netflix's biggest show.
0: Yeah, and so I guess he felt he could renegotiate some things. Maybe
1: sure, um, as he should, but he
0: might have overshot. Wow. Or undershot. Or exactly. Prematurely (laughs) prematurely shot. shot. (laughs) A mess. good luck, girl. We'll hope you get a Stemmy.
1: Yes, you may need one. Do they have those in England? I I don't know. They probably have like a a better version. Yeah. Well, child. speaking of England, I'm giving my 10 to speak to actor, British actor Daniel Kalia. Who was on SNL? He hosted SNL to speak, week, um, similarly mm-hmm. to the now unemployed actor, uh, Jean Pierre. And um, I thought that his opening monologue was really good. Sometimes watching the opening monologue of SNL is super awkward because, like, if it's a musician or, you know, a dramatic actor, sometimes they're not really good with the comedy. I think whoever wrote his kind of kept it really tight. Um, as on the Marvels, it was like a type 10. It was just a really good uh, opening comedy skit. And I, he kind of touched on, you know, him being Black and British, and he talked about the whole Meghan Harry thing and what the British family thought that she would be giving birth to basically him. And he kind of touched on, like, issues of racism. And I think especially for a British actor on an American show, especially one as um, prevalent and influential as SNL, To kind of bring up just even quickly for people to ponder um, and presenting the question to the audiences, which racism is worse, British racism or American racism. And there was lots of people in the audience that just like yelled out American racism, because as Americans, we tend to kind of center ourselves and this whole idea of American exceptionalism. But it was really interesting Uh, And maybe I just got, I got too intellectual and (laughs) most of the people didn't, but I think that, you know, as Americans, especially we forget that like racism is a global impact and that the diaspora has spread black people all over. And I think that he utilized one of my favorite forms of entertainment, comedy, to bring up a very serious social issue in a really succinct, cogent and funny way. Um, And I wish that, you know, we could kind of discuss this more with our African friends across the pond um but i just i I really adored it i thought it was so clever and it really made me like him and now i'm actually gonna go watch
0: his movie i won't because (laughs) what he wore to the sag awards was like a pajama set was it and yeah it was like purple and um i I mean he was at home yeah i forget who designed it and he was on uk time so he was that's what. That's a lot of time. Um, um, different. So it was probably okay. the middle of the night where he was, but still. He I mean, had... it's a nice pajama set. It's a little <laughs> big though. Oh uh, I guess. <laughs> he could have just sent in <laughs> a pre-recorded. A something. pre, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, wasn't there one award show where like his, his audio wasn't working? So maybe he wanted to give that, that, that speech he had planned previously.
0: Oh, mm, true.
1: We'll see. I don't know. All, All right, Maurice, who's your ten this week?
0: I'm giving tens this week because the level of petty that these people have is what I aspire to on the daily. So, my tens is going to whoever works at AOK Walker Auto Works in Peachtree City, Georgia. What?
1: AOK Auto Works?
0: AOK Walker Auto Works. So, this guy named Andreas left his job. He was working there, I don't know how long, but he left. And um he said that he just couldn't get his last paycheck. Cause you know when you leave, you know, you you they gotta pay out your vacation time, you know, mm-hmm. get that that last check that um, you know, you got waiting. And so he just said he could never get his his check.
2: Wow, okay.
0: So he was bothering the people, calling the, you know, calling down there trying to get his money. They were like, Fuck you, you left. And so He was, like, reaching out to the Georgia Department of Labor, trying to get, you know, his monies. And, you know, times was hard. I guess he needed it. Absolutely he does. It's economic crisis out here. Pay the man his money. They said, okay, we're going to pay you. So what they did was they dropped off 91,500 pennies that were covered in a dirty oil substance (laughs) at the end of his driveway and left him a note that said, fuck you. That is evil. <laughs> that is uh, absolutely evil. It was said, "Fuck you," written on the envelope. <laughs> Why for giving him th- th- the money
1: that he's owed? But you That's don't know. Under, but
0: you don't know under what circumstances he left. That's the thing. That's the thing. And they're only obligated to pay you out the money. It doesn't matter how they pay you out.
1: But they made this unduly burdensome for this man. This was. This was. A, this is an act of pure evil. <laughs> And, sir, I will get. I will send you some referrals for attorneys in Georgia. You need to sue them for the hostile work environment that they subjected you to. That is terrible. He don't work there no more.
0: <laughs> it
1: don't matter.
0: But he's going to work to try to get that oil off of them coins so he can go down to the Coinstar. Actually, Coinstar already reached out to him, and they said that they would take oh, all that, the coins.
1: The that Coinstar is going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They were like, don't come down to our pick and save and try to put them in the machine because you're going to clog our shit all the way up. We'll just give you a check right wow. there. And so, yeah, so Coinstar reached out to him <laughs> and they gave him a check. Thank <laughs> you, Coinstar. We need more copies in the world. <laughs> Ten should be going to Coinstar, honestly.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a damn mess. I mean. So petty. I cannot believe that. It. I love it. That is so messy. Isn't yeah. there a coin shortage? Where do you even get this coin from?
0: That maybe I know. Maybe that's why it took them so long. That's real. To petty. even get them ninety-one thousand five hundred. Who counted all of that? And penny, that's heavy. You got to. That's very heavy. Put them in that wrapper. Count them out fifty at a time. No man.
1: That is mess. That is so petty. All right, child. What that dope let's wrap up the show is there any announcements that we have for our listeners
0: no we do have a special episode coming next week so be sure to tune into that
1: guys thanks so much for listening to category is we'll see you next week bye thank you for listening to category is
0: be sure to like rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts Follow us on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at categoryispod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at categoryispod.com.